Welcome to the Code Life podcast with me, Carl Beach, and my great mate, Nathan Blackaby. Hello, mate. Bill Ash, the Cooler King. There is something very deeply ingrained in me that can't resist a good escape. <laughs> Bill Ash. I like that. Reading from True Grit by Bear Grylls, a collection of stories, epic stories of heroism and survival. March 1942. An American pilot flying for the Canadians, fighting for the British against the Germans, is in trouble over occupied France. Big trouble. His name is Bill Ash. His flying is Spitfire with other members of his section home to Hornchurch in Essex after a sortie that has taken him as far as Commons in Belgium. An urgent call comes over the radio. Break formation, break formation. Ash pulls an immediate 180 degree turn just in time to see a German Focke Wolf 190 easing away below him. Wow. The Focke Wolf is, at this time, the Germans' most effective combat aircraft. But that doesn't worry Bill Ash. He's about to give this pilot something to think about. He catches up with the plane, opens fire, and watches with satisfaction as the 190 spirals down to earth, billowing smoke. Then he sees another member of his section being tailed by a Messerschmitt. He alters his trajectory, releases a flurry of rounds into the Messerschmitt's fuselage. But as he fires, he hears an ominous thumping sound from his guns. He's been hit. Can't imagine it, can you? No. Thousands of feet up in the air, dicing with death, you know, kind of spiralling all over the place. Chaos. These these engagements is split second time. Yeah. When like the Spitfire carried like a matter of seconds of rounds. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. You keep your finger down, it's all done. Really? Yeah. Look it up while we're talking. See, uh, look up um, how how long could a machine gun last in the Spitfire or something like that. Let's have a look. The cannons last. The Spitfire's engine starts to judder. His speed suddenly drops. He glances around the surrounding airspace. A group of Messerschmitts are flying towards him from several directions. They circle like wildcats around a wounded beast and prepare to finish him off. Basically, he gets hit and he has to make a choice. Parachute out or crash land. There's a choice. I do honestly think it's a matter of like 20, 30 seconds of firing. How long can a Spitfire shoot for? About 10 to 20 seconds in total. There you go. (laughs) So you're like that. Several bursts. (laughs) Yeah. Close up. Parachuting would be safer, but it would give the Germans on the ground plenty of time to find him, so he goes to the riskier option. He picks out a flat field next to a small French village, prepares to bring the juddering Spitfire back down to earth the fast way to playing cartwheels as it hits the ground. Wow. One ring rips away from the fuselage. The fuselage tears itself in two just behind the pilot's seat, but amazingly he's still alive, but he's far behind enemy lines. Bill Ash doesn't know it yet, but escape is something for which he has a definite flair. And of course, uh, basically he tries to go on a, uh, a runner. The book tells us that he wanders through northern France for three days. He falls in with members of the French resistance. They smuggle him to Lille and then Paris, and he hopes to remain hidden in plain sight. He walks the streets of Paris as a Frenchman, 
like hidden in plain sight you wow. know uh and Drake, this is bill from essex hornchurch well he was flying out of hornchurch so it's good he, as he was a, good as he was an american bloke. but he's basically an essex man essex bloke yeah, adopted plucky uh plucky to say the least uh but nazis break into the apartment he gets nicked first escape at an end he gets right. beaten viciously smashed in the face with the butt of a rifle then they escorted him to one of the most terrifying buildings not just in Paris but the world the last place a downed allied pilot wanted to find himself Gestapo HQ oh says in the book Gestapo HQ is situated in a road that members of the resistance dubbed the street of horrors if you ended up there you were likely to be tortured and executed rather than be set free Bill was dragged into a small cell in the basement for a couple of hours and taken to be interrogated by a neat grey-haired man in civilian clothes. Ash declared himself a prisoner of war and requested to be treated as such under the terms of the Geneva Convention. His interrogator laughed. You are a spy, he said. Everyone knew what the Gestapo did to spies. It was never pretty. The Gestapo officer declared he would only believe that he was a POW if he revealed the names and whereabouts of every French person who had helped him since he crash-landed. Wow. Choice to be made. Of course, Ash knew exactly what had happened to anyone he shot to the Nazis. With a twinkle in his eye, he apologised that he was simply terrible with names. I'm sorry, I wish dear he was, boy. I, I wish he was British at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a kind of a... I was a frightfully awful with names. Yes. I can't help you. Beg your pardon, dear boy, but... Yeah, one can't remember. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't even remember my dear mother's name at the time. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans didn't see the funny side. Yeah. The guards went to work at him, and they basically beat him very, very badly until his face and shirt were soaked in blood. Then his interrogator returned. He was holding an execution warrant and said he'd be shot the following day as a spy. Now this is now terrifying territory mm. you're you're one minute you're dog fighting mm. over occupied territory scary enough mm. with your 20 seconds of ammo and then you're shot up after down in a couple of enemy planes you decide to try and crash land it goes badly wrong you cartwheel but you ex ex extract yourself from the wreckage and you go on the run mm. and then you you hide in Paris being smuggled by the resistance and then this is like, you know, several days after probably the dogfight, a week or so, he's now in Gestapo HQ being duffed up as a spy. Mm. Thinks he's going to get killed. Mm. Terror. Yeah. Terror. Yeah. I was listening to those uh, YouTube videos about guys who fought in World War One, oh, and yeah. they said you, were, you stood in the trench in fear, but then you went over the top and, and he said all the fear went. Mm. And I thought, wow, amazing. And he mm. went, terror took its place. Back to the book. The terror of captivity is hard to describe. That feeling of being utterly powerless, knowing that either torture or death awaits you at dawn, of feeling in the pit of your stomach as you hear those terrifying footsteps approach your cell door, must be horrific yeah. to endure. And not knowing, not knowing your fate, I think, mm. is horrific. The hour, the time. The yeah. And he basically gets interrogated more and more, and they, they beat him up so much... Uh, it says here they got they they really got bored of inflicted violence for no reward, so they just intensified the torture. Yeah. Uh, just stepped it up more and more and more. And then it says one morning he heard a voice outside his cell arguing with his Gestapo interrogator. When the door opened, a Luftwaffe officer stood there. 
he explained that Bill was now a Luftwaffe prisoner who'd be taken to camp and treated as a POW. So clearly, mm. someone, maybe it's a person shot him down, often that code of honour between him and, you know, and yeah. they found him and got him out of the Gestapo wow. HQ. Now, he was taken to Dulag Luft near Frankfurt and there to the infamous Stadag Luft III. The camp commandant tried to explain that the mm. war was now over for Bill Ash, but the commandant mm. was wrong. For Bill Ash, the war was only just beginning. That's good. Keeps fighting. Back to the book. Escaping was difficult and dangerous. Get caught and you risked a bullet in the head from the Gestapo. That didn't bother Bill. He set his mind to it. The moment he became a prisoner of the Luftwaffe this is a man with a fighting spirit mm. it's like whatever situation I'm in I'm going to keep putting my foot forward yeah. I'm still fighting yeah. I'm not going to give information because I'm fighting wouldn't be the victim would he Didn't no no I'm going to keep fighting I'll fight the war because what a lot of these guys did was mm. they thought that you know, escape was my duty because I need to suck up the resource as much as possible on the ground we need to disrupt and disturb yeah, yeah. The, the occupying for, you know, the forces yeah. in Germany we yeah. need to suck up their you know effectiveness effectiveness and, yeah. and resource yeah. Yeah. yeah back to the book food at Stalagluf 3 was scarce Ash knew that to be a successful escapologist he needed a bit more meat on his bones see every a lot of these guys we've been looking at they've all got they've got a plan it's a long they're not game. just thinking I need to find some food it's like no. if I'm going to do this I've got to be fit yeah. So I need more food. Got to be fattened up a bit. How am I going to get more food? There were food, two foodstuffs that were so disgusting no one would eat them. One was a foul, sloppy green cheese. The other was clip fish. <laughs> fish innards that had been dried out years before, which needed rehydrating into a revolting paste that smelled and tasted like wet dog hair. <laughs> Ash guzzled it down and once he had a bit more weight on he started exercising hard to get himself fit he's got a plan yeah he's putting a plan in mm. playing a long game mm. cooler king there's patience there isn't there <laughs> yeah and patience. I don't care if it tastes disgusting because yeah. I've got to get fit yeah I've got to do what it takes yeah. oh I love it he's great <laughs> what is most remarkable about Bill Ash's escape attempts and the many POW camps in which he found himself is not the volume of them it's not even their audacity it's his sheer bloody-minded persistence, mm. says the book. He felt honour-bound to disrupt the enemy in any way he could, and mm. he was certainly successful in that, even if he was unsuccessful in remaining on the run for more than a few weeks. So he kept getting caught. He's a prolific escaper, but he wasn't very good at staying out there. So he's very good at getting out, yeah. but not good at staying out. Yeah. But he was probably like, fine, just keep escaping. Yeah, back I'll go. <laughs> Back to the book. His first attempt to escape from Stalagluf 3 was concocted with the help of another down Spitfire pilot called Paddy Barthrop. Oh, Paddy. Paddy Barthrop. Mm. Together they presented their first escape plan to the camp's escape committee. <laughs> so they formed committees. Sharing best, best practice. Best practice across the network. <laughs> That's resourcefulness, isn't it? Really, yeah. creativity. They had a proper, because they were still <coughs> men of rank, uh, warriors, fighters, yeah. organised, disciplined. They yeah, kept the yeah, discipline up. Yeah. It's good, that. Back to the book. Good cup of tea, this. That's lovely. B, 
Beneath some of the prisoners' showers, where the water ran off to the drains, was a small compartment for the mains taps. If they could hide there for long enough, the prison guards might assume they had genuinely escaped and gave up looking for them within the camp. This would make a real escape attempt easier. Nice idea. Unfortunately, they didn't count on the sniffer dogs. Mm. When their absence was noted, the camp's alzations and their handlers burst into the showers and located the sodden hideaways. Their reward? Several days in solitary confinement. The cooler. But that failed to dampen Ash's determination to escape. People remember the cooler from the film The Great Escape, with Steve McQueen sitting there with his baseball glove and ball. I think Bill Ash was mo- Steve McQueen's character was modelled on this guy. Was he? Yeah. I'm just just going to look at the cooler. I want to see what they look like. So he keeps getting uh, beaten up, and uh, keeps trying to escape and beaten up. And it says here. Ash made many escape attempts in that camp, including one that involved digging a tunnel 17 feet below ground. The entrance to the tunnel was situated in the putrid smelling latrines. The escapologists reasoned that their German guards wouldn't really fancy nosing around them much. While one man sat on a toilet to keep guard, a dozen other men started digging the chamber right next to the stinking bowl of the latrine itself in order to enter the tunnel and continue digging. Ash and his comrades had to battle a foul lake of human excrement, but the closeness of the latrine was also an advantage. It gave them somewhere to stash the earth they dug away as that treacherous narrow tunnel moved slowly but surely towards the edge of the camp. Picture it. No light. Cold clay. Excrement pressing in on you. Barely enough room to move. The tunnel, two feet by two feet. The tunnellers kept the roof up by using slats from the prison beds but still shells of filth were falling them, and there was the ever-present risk of collapse. At the open end of the tunnel, a prisoner would make a, use a makeshift bellows to pump air down to the workers, but still oxygen was scarce, and the latrines would overflow, and they'd find themselves crouched on a dribbling stream of rotting effluent. But still they dug. And get this. 33 men escaped through that tunnel, but they were all captured. Ash managed six days on the run, before being found by a jump of farmers armed with pitchforks yet the escape attempt was not by no means a failure the german army had to divert masses of resources to finding the escapees these audacious attempts were a veritable part of their own private war effort and so bill ash kept them coming there's more to come Mm. so these are these are guys who are persistent Mm. dogged even in the face of apparent failure, seeing it as a success, because mm. they're playing the long game, and they're planned, they're organised, and they're risking death just by digging the tunnel. Mm. But they, they want to disrupt the enemy by whatever means possible, which is maybe something we can think about in a little bit, because we yeah. have an enemy we need to disrupt yeah. through kingdom activity. Mm. We don't need to escape, but we need to do our mm. bit. Mm. There is a war on. There is, mate. Back to the book. In the autumn of 1943, Ash found himself in a Lithuanian camp. Just kept moving him. This time, the tunnel he helped dig was more than 150 feet long, and Ash escaped with 50 others into the Lithuanian countryside, but for escape and evasion, you need to be fit. The months of physical labour involved in making the tunnels, not to mention the terrible lack of food and his long stretches in the cooler, he kept kept being in solitary, meant Bill Ash was anything but uh, in shape by this stage. Ash would later describe his journey through the unknown Lithuanian countryside as like being in a daze, a nightmare more like. 
In his walk, weakened state, he had to cross fast-flowing rivers before sleeping in cold, damp clothes that froze his joints and sapped any remaining strength from him. So he's, he's stumbling, he's dizzy, mm. he's hallucinating. Book says... When he could finally go no further, he collapsed in a farm outbuilding, but when he woke, he was being stabbed by a pitchfork by a crowd of Lithuanian peasants demanding to know if he was Russian or German. Wow. I just didn't like the Russians or the no. Germans. If they thought he was either, they'd have no doubt gone to, gone, uh, no doubt done to him what the Gestapo had refrained from doing. Despite his exhaustion, Ash persuaded them that he was neither American nor Russian nor British nor American. He was a Texan. <laughs> the peasants had never heard of Texas <laughs> but decided he was a friend and let him stay with him for several days after trying to stab him to death <laughs> then they set him on his way to the Baltic Sea where he hoped that perhaps he would steal a small boat and continue his escape Wow! he made it to the coast he even found a boat but then he made the mistake of asking another bunch of Lithuanian peasants digging their garden to help him launch it he was an escaped American pilot, he explained. He, he was being chased by the hated Germans. The peasants looked at each other. Then they gave him the bad news. They weren't Lithuanians at all, they were German soldiers. <laughs> and the escaped American pilot was standing on their vegetable patch. Next stop for Bill Ash. Local Gestapo. <laughs> Go that way. He's good at getting out, not good at staying That's out. That's unbelievable. Oh. Isn't it? Yeah. Back to the book. The Gestapo sent Ash with a massive, no doubt rather flattering, armed escort to Berlin. Nazi heartland. He can't have expected to survive very long there. They wanted to put him to death. Unusually, given the countless millions they'd already exterminated, they wanted to do so legally, so they put Bill Ash, serial escapologist, on trial. Happily for things, things were going happily for him, things were going badly for the Axis powers. In the winter of 1943, nearly 2,000 tonnes of ordnance were dropped on Berlin in a single day. Wow. The Nazis simply didn't have the resources to continue the trial. And so, with another impressive armed escort, the Kula King returned to a hero's welcome at Stalagluf III before being slammed straight into the Kula once more. <laughs> wow. Isn't it weird that they wanted to do it properly? Yeah. They didn't just shoot him. Yeah, they why? Shot all the other why? I don't know. It's amazing. Hmm. In a weird kind of way, stretches in solitary confinement saved his life. Bill Ash was alone in the cooler when the sirens of Stalagraf Three blared to announce another breakout. This was the great escape. This is what happened in the film. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, well, it's not actually. He, he got put in the cooler, didn't he? But he, he mm. was in the cooler when everyone got shot in the film. Mm. But in this case, he didn't actually do the breakout. Do you remember right. in the film yeah. he did the motorbike, lovely motorbike. Mm. This was a great escape of which a fanciful Hollywood version would later hit the screens. Bill Ash would later comment wryly that in all his escape attempts there'd never seemed to be a lone motorbike about when he needed one. <laughs> 50 men made it under the wire that day. 50 men were captured and 50 executed. Wow. But Fortune was smiling on William Ash, alone in the cooler, not part of that escape attempt. So it's that strange. He gets taken to Berlin on trial and gets taken back because mm. they can't continue the trial because they've been bombed. Yeah. But then they shoot the other guys despite his persistent attempts to escape and his relentless beatings at the hand of the Luftwaffe and Gestapo enemies any one of whom could have shot him with impunity Ash made it through the war and lived to tell his tale it's a tale worth telling because it teaches us something profound something perhaps we could discuss in a moment because we'll draw our own mm. conclusions 
sometimes obviously it's hard to stand up against bullies mm. and fight when you're restricted but he, what he demonstrated wasn't it and the book indicates this was persistence ingenuity and a little bit of pluck and courage yeah yeah he can't keep a good man down for long mm. and you know we're, we're men with resurrection DNA aren't we mate we you are, know mate. We, we, are. we can not be knocked down mm. but we're never knocked out yeah and that's what I like about that story <clears throat> it's the persistence keep going keep going keep going keep fighting keep keep picking yourself up dusting yourself off and it is it's it's almost heartwarming and encouraging that he did make those silly mistakes as well and get recaptured like a mastermind of escaping but yeah, then couldn't stay out go and speak to a load of Germans doing their gardening mad isn't it and that's the sort of thing I'll do mm. do you remember that bit in the film is it the great escape where um, one of them can speak German and the other one can't you know, at the train station and this German Gestapo officer or SS guy yeah. in plain clothes he goes oh good luck with your journey in clips English he goes oh thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> he said German train oh thank you so much <laughs> thank they're you. British polite they went oh no <laughs> 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 it is that though isn't it it is that I don't know I like it but brutal as well to have been locked up in the cooler that many times but still coming out still coming out kicking what's yeah. the plan how am I going to get out of here yeah now the thing is we are fighting a war mm. there is a war on now we are fighting against the forces of darkness to see men, women and kids surrender their lives to Christ and our enemy does have an agenda against us oh, yeah. to ensnare us and trap us imprison yeah. us in our thoughts yeah you know, imprison our activity. Um, we're not the escapers. We're on the front foot. You know, yeah, yeah. but but so easy <clears throat> for us to lose sight of the fact that we've got to keep fighting and pressing forward. It's, it's a good it's a good analogy because often what I've kind of learnt through church is the church almost goes the opposite way and it's more apologetic about why we exist right. and what we do right. and we're sorry that we say this and you don't like it. But this seems to be a very creative resourceful yeah. ingenuity it's all kind of let's be on the front foot of mission and kingdom yeah. stuff on god's purposes yeah and that's exciting i never apologize for christ mate no nah. this is the gospel the gospel works and it will upset i some. don't have subtlety or finesse <laughs> but i do see people come to christ and that's the thing isn't it? yeah but we're not known for our subtlety and finesse but we are you know each yeah. to their own hmm. um but yeah we, we don't want to apologize for jesus no no, and it is it, uh, my mind went to two Corinthians when you're reading we are afflicted in every way but not crushed Yeah, we are perplexed but not in despair we are persecuted but not abandoned we are struck down but not destroyed and we always carry the death of Jesus in our body I like that and he's like I've been lashed this many times yeah. I've been duffed up beaten up shipwrecked still here. and I'm still <laughs> going <laughs> yeah it is. I ain't quitting you yeah. know brilliant isn't it well and, and for Paul even when they cut his body up yeah his life's still speaking of yeah surrender to Christ and that's it only to Christ only yield to Christ yeah I like that yeah chained to the guard the palace guards he's still preaching the gospel yeah yeah that's, that's the Bill Ash spirit isn't it it's yeah like, you chain me up you imprison me I tell the guards about Christ then yeah can't stop me yeah I, lo I loved you, do you remember you know I watched a bit of UFC Conor McGregor fought Khabib yeah <laughs> So, loads of hype, loads of talk. Conor McGregor tapped out. Yeah. And I got a text that day from a mate, and he said, Isaac, um, not Isaac, Jacob, Jacob never tapped out. 
And I like that because Jacob was a bloke who wrestled with God, wasn't he? He went yeah, to the yeah, wire yeah. and never he, tapped out. he never tapped out. He was mm. like, he popped me here. I'm hanging on for the blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it cost him. He limped for the rest of his life. Yeah. But I think sometimes God wants to put that limp in in us blokes, actually. Yeah, yeah. Get us, yeah, he's, he's dealt with us. That's he's, right. He's done something and we're not, we're not the same yeah. after it. Yeah, that's right. And you've got to hold on, not tap out. Yeah. Yeah, and I, certainly uh, there's there's something there on resilience and, and holding the line, isn't there? Mm, definitely, definitely, mate. Because I, I do think that the time we live in is, a, is an era and a, and a time of exchange. If it's not working, change it. Yeah. If, if it's broken, buy a new one. Yeah. And we change and chop and fix stuff in so quick, but the idea of persevering with something, actually holding the line, I'm going to see this thing through. I'm not going to leave until this is finished. Yeah. I like that. Well, we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, don't we? The yeah. author and perfecter of our faith. That's yeah. what the Word of God tells us yeah. to do. And that's what we do with men of God, isn't it? Yeah. Keep pushing forward. Don't quit. Find your way to fight for the gospel. Yeah. Find your way to represent. Yeah. And and you were you were saying in this story, like part of their agenda, even when captured, it wasn't to roll over. It was right, I'm now on the ground, it's changed, the the warfare's changed, I'm no longer in the sky. What damage can I do to the enemy before I'm done? Yeah. <coughs> and I like that. It's so creative. It's like what what else can I do? Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of the older guys need to realise is that it's not over. And like, what younger bloke can I get alongside? Encourage, mentor, train, shop. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Cheer on. Who can I give to? to How can honest, I mate, use I'm, this stuff? I'm kind of getting into that phase now. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you reckon? Moving yeah. into a season of well, that's what I kind of did, done on. in my life, isn't it? I mean, I'm still charging. Yeah. But I've also got a few people that I'm journeying with, helping them charge spur forward, spur them on. Mm. If we could all do that, yeah. Each season, each stage of our lives, yeah, yeah. Just keep everyone on the front foot of God's purposes until God calls us home. Yeah. That's the secret, isn't it? What are you looking for? I'm going to finish with this. Having talked about all that bravado, let's remind ourselves what it's really all about. Galatians 6. Billy Graham's life first. But may it be that I would boast, except... May it never be that I would boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Why do we fight? For Christ. Mm. To make him known. For his glory. It's all for him. All of this is for him. Just close the goat skin. Thanks for listening. <laughs>